Good afternoon or good morning. It is Henry Harris and welcome to another Spiritual Foundations for Mental Health. Today's topic, uncomfortable conversations. Let's begin. The basic premise of our of our conversation is that our well-being, our mental health, our well-being is unconditional. It doesn't matter what kind of involved what kind of actions or behaviors that you're involved in, what kind of feelings you're having or not having. None of that can be evidence or suggestion, suggestive of your health or your, your well-being being, being missing, being lacking, being broken. It doesn't matter what you're feeling or what you're involved in. You are unconditionally healthy. doesn't mean to say that there aren't inappropriate behaviors or destructive actions that a person might be involved in. And that doesn't mean to say that there aren't painful feelings that a person is having. But none of it suggests that a person is, God forbid, broken or lacking unconditional well-being. Now, how does that work? So our well-being is is simply given by virtue of the fact that we're connected to a source of wisdom, a source of intelligence that's beyond us. That same source of intelligence is 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 sourcing everything. It sources the unpleasant feelings we're having, and it sources the... Um, the warm and, and peaceful feelings that we're having, the insight and creativity that we're having, it's sourcing everything. There is no power to anything of this world other than that single simple source. It's true we're making use of power, we're experiencing life, we're having this, there's a flow. There's a flow that's flowing through us at all times. And that flow includes a whole range of feelings. None of the, while it looks like the world out there or the past events of our lives or the dimensions of our, of our circumstances, our creating our feelings, it just looks so compelling that that's the case. How else or why else would I be feeling this level of upset if it weren't that the conflict with, my, with a loved one is pro- progressing in the way it is? How else to explain my anxious or nervous feelings if it isn't if it wasn't from the kind of upbringing that I had or the childhood I had? How else to explain the fears that I have, except by virtue of the future events that I'm envisioning that are very real possibilities? All of those things, past, present, future circumstances, seem to be so compellingly at the root of the feelings that I'm having. Now, I'm not in any way looking to. Uh, suggest that we disregard or pretend that events didn't happen in the past or that events aren't happening or that events could happen, but that those events or circumstances could be the actual cause of the feelings we're having in this moment. It just doesn't work that way as much as it might look like that. How do I know that personally? Well, I've had the opportunity to glimpse this. I've had the opportunity to glimpse through kind of a, a personal knowing that, uh, that that's just, that my feelings are created are being created kind of in 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 this moment. They're being created kind of as a, as as a as an as an ongoing now, and I can tell I I can kind of point to it most easily by simply recognizing that my state of mind is not static. I even even in regards to things that I might identify as challenges or difficulties. My, my, my state of mind about them is not static. Things that have been difficult experiences or things that I've done that were inappropriate or things that people did to me that were inappropriate. As much as I've had an experience of relating to them as painful or dark or difficult, yet I see that they're not consistently, they don't feel that same, they don't feel consistently the same level of dis, 
unpleasant or or painful. They just don't. There are times where I, they look to me kind of neutral or or I have kind of a, a certain wide angle perspective about them, not even so much that I can describe on a philosophical level, just the feeling level is different. The feeling level is calm or the feeling level is more at, at peace or the feeling level is just that they're not even on the front page of my news screen on my kind of internal news screen on an ongoing basis. They're just out of view, out of mind. They're no longer concerning me. All of that points to the fact that those events and circumstances, they're not literally the source of my feelings moment to moment. Rather, I, what I see is that I'm having an ongoing experience of internal weather. And in the same way that I'm not the author of the weather that's out there in the world, I'm not the author of the weather that's inside of me. I'm not the author of the flow that's streaming through me. There's a river of consciousness. There's a river of energy that's flowing through each and every one of us. Ideas, thoughts, feelings, much of it is not fully, is not visible to us, but yet we can experience the effect of that flow. We can experience the effect of that river flowing through us. And Jewish wisdom points to this idea by simply talking about the fact that we each possess uh, not only a physical heart, but a spiritual heart. The physical heart is a metaphor for, the sp for a spiritual portal that flows through us. In the same way, the physical heart flows with this oxygenated, nutrient-filled blood that literally animates every cell in our body, that our body feels the effect of it. So too, does our heart pump with with toxin filled co2 filled and waste filled uh uh material that has to be eliminated from our body and all of that's part of a healthy human being there's nothing unhealthy about flowing with both of those distinct types of flows and um uh and in the same way a healthy human being flows with two distinct types of a whole a whole spectrum of 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 feelings, of types of flows. It's the misunderstanding about that flow that's really the source of our of our difficulty. There's tr we are truly healthy right now with the flow of negativity, with the flow of dark feelings. It's the degree to which we suffer that we come to a conclusion that there's something really wrong. That's the misunderstanding. That's the misunderstanding that there's actually something to be frightened about from the flow. There's something truly to try and fix or run away from. I don't like unpleasant feelings or dark feelings. I'm not saying they're enjoyable to me, but I've come to recognize that they're safe, that there's a quality of, of, of safety and goodness about that the whole package. And yes, I get fooled regularly. I get fooled regularly into thinking and feeling that I'm in that there's danger coming from the circumstances of my life or the past or the potential future. I get fooled regularly in that regard because I don't know how it's not possible to get fooled. As much as I love and appreciate and value this understanding that there's a single simple source behind everything, including all the feelings that I'm feeling, as much as I, I love that and, and value it, it doesn't mean that I have, con I have mastery of it. I, I, I've come to recognize that being a human being involves the learning and the waking up and then the forgetting and then the waking up and then the forgetting. And, and there's a, a, a there's a beauty to that human human journey. There's a beauty to being on that human journey and coming to appreciate that there's something rich about this moment, about rediscovering what's true about this moment. It's not a it's not a consciousness that you can kind of put in a bottle. And yet it is the case that we we do come, we do grow, we do evolve, we do come to see the world in ways that we didn't see. And prior, we can come to relate to 
uh, the circumstance. We can come to have a deeper clarity about the truth of our psychological experience and come to reside in a greater and greater measure of safety and well-being. And then, of course, because we're here for a beautiful and long-term journey, the, 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 the opportunity goes deeper. The opportunity to see that more deeply comes up in, in new circumstances and new passages in life. And we continue our growth. So I shared this week's topic um, to be related to having difficult conversations. There are people in our lives that we care for, that we, uh, we want their good. And it could be that there are times where there's our desire to be of help to them might come might become uncomfortable for them. It might feel like there's a uh, an uncomfortable conversation to share. Uh, that we might we might point something out that's critical. I had this conversation recently with someone whose child, who's a who's grown child, is struggling in a, a number of ways. Um, in particular, with uh, with weight being overweight and the parent has been learning about this understanding and about how uh how our experience works so what he's discovered is that the first step in the process is noticing his own emotional distress his own the parent's emotional distress relating to the child's weight problem so when he when it looks to him like his child's weight is a source of actual pain to him, then he knows, first, he knows as many times as he's tried, I could be, I don't know how many dozens of times he's attempted to raise the subject with the child in that kind of frame of reference, and it's not very helpful. The, 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 he feels agitated, the child feels defensive and, and uh, insulted, and it just, it comes across as a very burdensome conversation. So the first step has been the parent recognizing when I feel distress or upset that in a way that it looks like it's coming from my child's behavior, my child's circumstance. The first thing for me to do is to understand what's true about my upset, which is it can't be coming from his weight. Now, it's not to say the parent doesn't care about his child being overweight. He does. It's not healthy for him. It's going to affect him in the future. It could cause serious harm to his uh, his well-being in a number of places in life. But the degree to which it's affected, the, the degree to which that weight on that child is literally causing his pain in this moment, it's a misunderstanding. He, the first step is to look there and to rec to realize, well, how would that work? How how does that how does that happen? Like it's is my well-being tied up with his weight? And, and fortunately, he's been open to recognizing that that's not so. I mean, it's a broader conversation he's looking at in the, in the larger picture of his life that the world out there and the circumstances out there are not shaping his feelings. Now, as he's come to recognize that, he has more recognition that, you know, more than this weight is an issue for me. It's a, it's a question of how is this going for my son? You know, how does he feel? And his son has expressed on many occasions that he doesn't want the weight. He doesn't want the weight. He doesn't feel good about the weight. He doesn't know how to restrain himself, but he knows that it's a problem. So as the parent has come to recognize more clearly, you know, this is not really a direct form of damage to me. 
other than that I care about him. It's not, he's not literally squeezing my heart. He's not literally affecting my stress levels. He's, there's more room for him to realize, you know, does, how could I be of help? How could it be of help to this, to my son? And that's what's been going on is that the parent has been shifting from a place of your, your problem to your, someone I care about. And the relationship has been shifting from kind of complaining and accusing to how can I be of help? You know, how, how can I be of help to you? The parent has been standing more and more in a, in kind of a, a, a place of, I'm going to give you space. I trust that you are aware of your life and the needs that you have. And ultimately, I trust that you're the only one who is going to be able to take the next step. And I want to encourage, I want to, I want to acknowledge and respect that you have this power. I really want to respect and acknowledge that you have a special power. Now, it could be you're not aware of it. It could be you're not, you're not sure how to make use of it. But I'm very clear, the parent is understanding that you are the one who possesses this power. And I'm looking to ask you, is there a way I could be of help? And if, if not, not. And if yes, yes. And so that's been the tone of the conversation that has been kind of unfolding for some time between the parent and child. And recently, some very special things unfolded. The parent uh, and the child got together. And the parent simply said, how's it going? You know, what's going on in your life? And what can I do to like, what, what's going on? What do you like about things? And, you know, I want to hear. And it was very generous. And it was a very kind of, it, it was, there was not a lot of need. It was more like, how can I be of service? How, how can I enjoy you? And that came through. And the child started to speak about the things that, in his life that he feels good about and that he likes. And, um, and then the parent simply said to the child, is there something that I could do to be of help to you in some way in your life? Like, I, I don't know if there's a way, but I, I want to you know I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm interested. I'm thrilled with the good things that you're describing. And if there's something I could be of help with, please let me know. And then lo and behold, the, the child brought up the subject of weight. And the parents said, well, what, what, well, how could I be of help? And, and then the, 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 they spoke, they spoke it out, you know, they came up with like a plan. They came up with what, what do you think? The parents said, what do you think would, what you could do that might help you? And so the child suggested a couple of things. He said, you know, I could probably, if I just cut this kind of habit out of snacking and, uh, I did a little bit of exercise each day, um, I think that would go a long way. And the parent said, great, how can I be of help to you in some way? And, you know, in the past, the child has attempted this. The parent described to me that the, the child has attempted this before, and it didn't, you know, it, it was short-lived. And the parent was tempted to kind of remind the child, but he just, you know, he didn't want to go there. He didn't want to, he didn't want to criticize. He just simply said, what do you think? Do you think this could help you? And the child said, I think so. So the only thing the child asked of the parent was that once a week they check in, you know, and the child report to the parent what the progress is. The parent said, is there some kind of financial incentive that you would like to have? Like, is there something, you, you know, that, that I could buy you if you reach a goal? And the child thought about that. And he said, maybe, maybe, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of recognize that that uh, if this is going to work, it's going to come for something that I value other than more than just something that I would buy, 
that I would get given as a gift. And that struck the parent as a very deeply and beautiful thing. The parent acknowledged the child for that. And it's been going. The parent has reported that it's already uh, three weeks into the process and it's holding. It's holding. There's movement. And the most important thing is that the the parent is is standing in this space of I'm here. I trust first and foremost, I see that your issues in life are don't aren't the key to my happiness. And therefore I don't feel like a dependent on you to get your life in order and then feel critical and resentful of you for not having your life in order. That's kind of the first place that it begins. And then after that, it's like, okay, I trust that you are the one who has the capacity to make the next move uh, and that you want that. I'm just here to ask, how can I be of help if I can provide some some input, some guidance, some encouragement? Mostly I'm here just to provide a, a, a feeling of I care for you and I believe in you and uh, how can I, and I want to be of service. That's, that's what's going on. Now, obviously this is a, a beautiful and unfolding thing. And I think the biggest challenge that we most encounter is that first step of like, wait, he, but his life problems are affecting me. I do feel stressed. I do feel anxious. I do feel burdened by the fact that someone I care about is doing things unhelpfully, unhealthily, making mistakes, unable to set appropriate boundaries for him or herself. I do feel burdened and I do feel weighed down by that. And you know what? It's, it's, it does, it is, it's a challenge. You know, it really feels like a challenge in the sense that I don't know how to kind of turn off that resentment feeling or that burdened feeling Except that I do know the value of revisiting and revisiting. Okay, I don't, I don't know how to turn off their feelings or shift their feelings, but I knew, I do know what's true about feelings. I do, I do know what's true about feelings, and I can stand in this difficult feeling, this upset kind of resentful feeling, this burdened and stressed feeling that looks so clearly like it's coming from this person. Um, I, I can stand in there. I can look at it. I can appreciate that it's safe. It's a flow. I know lots about it. I know lots about it. I know I don't always feel this way. I know it's not always a consistent kind of intense burden of burden feeling. I know that, um, I know that this type of thing is, this type of feeling is just one of a number of feelings that's an internal weather and I can be with it in my life. I can be with my feelings in a way that will allow me to see more deeply what's true about feelings. And that will be that will position me. Oh my gosh, I'll be in such a wonderful place. I'm in a growing recognition of, of what's true about feelings. Imagine how helpful I'll be as I see that more deeply to the people in my life that don't know those, that don't that don't understand that. This parent is recognizing that his child has strong urges and strong desires for kind of immediate gratification. And he doesn't know how to relate to them without kind of succumbing. They just look and feel like authoritative and real and compelling, like I have no choice. And he doesn't know how to relate to the, the kind of unhappy feelings that, that seem to kind of strengthen the need to, 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 get a quick fix for his immediate gratification. 
So the kid is struggling with those feelings. The parent is struggling with those feelings. The parent has an opportunity to to learn and understand something about his own feelings. What a wonderful resource he's going to be to the people in his life that he cares about. I've seen something about my feelings. Here, I'm going to stand in your life with you, knowing what I know about feelings. And 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 my standing in a certain peaceful understanding and trust of the safety of my feelings, I, I kind of sense that that's going to be a helpful presence in you, with you and in your life as you face uh, the presence of unpleasant and difficult feelings. And that that's a little bit about kind of uncomfortable conversations. The, un, the discomfort of the uncomfortable conversations generally has to do with our misunderstanding. It's only uncomfortable because it looks like there's a I need something from somebody. He has to provide it to me. If he's not, it's going to cost me. But I can't get him to provide me what I need from him. That's the discomfort of of, diff, of uncomfortable conversations. And as we learn more about the myth of that discomfort, that it's coming from somebody else other than through me, then that discomfort has the possibility to soften. And we find ourselves in a position to be of much greater service to the people in our lives.